0: I said welcome to the dirty sports podcast with Andy Ruther Welcome Welcome to the
1: Sports Podcast.
2: Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey. No chill now.
3: Hello, Andy. Well, that was a good one. That was a, yeah, good one. that was a good one. That was a good one. That was I feel like that that's that's like, you know, that's just what it's supposed to be. Sometimes it's overdone, sometimes it's underdone. That's just hello, Andy. That's Although, what Tug, that, that's what Tug's basing his impression on.
2: Yeah, I was going to say that one was you doing Tug doing you.
3: I No, I think that was me doing me, but Tug does such a good me that now they've blended together.
2: Oh, ah, yeah. Andy.
3: That... Tug, Tug, hello, Andy. <laughs> Tug, Tug turns me into a way deeper voice fella, which I don't mind. Hello, yeah. Andy.
2: You want to hear something crazy? Your voice versus my voice are very different since we started the show. So my voice has for sure deepened. Yours really hasn't.
1: Okay.
3: <laughs> it's been <laughs> he, pretty he's sick. all, all grown up. He's yeah, grown like, up and he's grown up and he's grown up. It, it's crazy
2: though to think, you know, in my 30s, my voice would continue to get deeper. Yeah. Whereas you you've been a grown ass man this whole time, Pray Yeah.
3: I I have a very distinct uh boy to man uh, summer. And then that was it. I, you know, I woke up one day, I'd grown 10 inches. I grew this mustache and I was just like, okay, that's it. We're here now. I guess we have to focus on, uh, body hair, manscaping from here on out. I guess that's our number one priority.
2: You were Tom Hanks and big.
3: Yeah, literally. What
2: summer was that? How old?
3: Uh, it was between, I mean, the the man growing, actually, like I, I've always been a little bit of a late bloomer, but like the real growth was 10 inches. I grew about 10 inches between sophomore and junior year of high school. That's why I, I went I went from I went from five, four to over six foot, like in the in the six, one and a half realm uh, over that summer. And actually, the rest of my body kind of progressed like in the next couple of years.
2: I don't think we talk enough about that as a society. How, if you think about it, crazy that is.
3: You don't think we talk? Uh, you don't think the society as a whole talks enough about my my summer growth spurt?
2: <laughs> Just the the maturation of men of boys. Like yeah. obviously, it happens with women as well, and it happens a little earlier. But I'm saying, think about that. Take current you or current me, Joe. If you were to grow ten inches over a period of a couple months, you'd be like, what is happening?
3: Yeah. It, and it's it's actually kind of weird. Like the weirdest part was, and I don't know what, you know, about when I being a summer birthday or whatever, but like the fact that it happened over a summer for me was like, people didn't know who I was when I came back to school.
2: That's people what I'm saying. Like, what,
3: what is this? But, you know, like had it happened during the course of a school year, it wouldn't have been as weird, you know? Yeah. Um so yeah, it it was crazy.
2: Did you have growing pains because I know those are real?
3: No, I I didn't. I mean, I've heard I've heard of those things like the, the really the only pain I went through was like during summers I played a lot of basketball, you know, I would like I just like like every day we had like a racket club where I would go and like shoot hoops and and summers were just like kind of all day basketball runs. So the only growing pains I had were like my feet were just constantly too small for my shoes. Cause I was like, I was going up like a size size or a size and a half, like every two weeks. So I was just like, my mom's like, how many basketball sneakers am I buying? And I was like, what do you want me to tell you? All I'm doing is playing basketball and I'm outgrowing shoes every four to six days. So my feet were always hurting.
2: Now this is a good segue into a story no one expected us to lead off with the masters. Yeah. Because the
3: now you're like, you're like you used to do athletic things, and now you don't. You've gotten into <laughs> golf.
2: <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. You know, you're a tall guy. I feel like that helps on the on the golf course. Uh, Prano. yeah, you are now what I would deem an avid golfer.
3: I would say I golf on average twice a week uh, of of play, playing. 36 holes a week on average, sometimes more, maybe, maybe two, two and a half rounds a week. uh, Probably one trip to the driving range at least. Yeah. I'm an avid golfer.
2: So with that being said, will you avid golfing Joe Prano be paying attention or watching this year's masters, which is in November?
3: I'll probably watch more of the masters this year than I have in the past, but And I've spoken to Tug about this. I think Tug and I even talked about it on Dirty Sports. I still struggle to get into watching golf on TV. Um, For me, it's like it couldn't – it's actually a lot like um, when I was a kid, like watching sports. Like we used to watch Giants football, obviously. And then like after the Giants game, we'd all go out in the yard and play football. You know, um, I wasn't sitting around on Sundays when I was a kid with like direct TV watching every single snap of every single football game. It was like you watch your team and you go out and play. You know, I'd watch the Mets and I'd like go play woofle ball in the front yard. Now it, it's like to me still like watching golf now that I'm a golfer, it just makes me want to I'm like, I can just go to the driver range. Yeah, I can just go, I can just go hit balls. What what I have done because I kind of, not that I want to get into golf on TV more, but like I've gotten into golf more. I do appreciate, you know, the course more now that I golf more regularly. I know how courses play. I know what club I would hit from a certain distance versus what these guys are hitting, how I would, whatever. But at the same time, it's like, these guys are so good. And I said this to Tug, it's like, it's really a competition with themselves like when a guy duffs a shot and that's the thing about golf is like sometimes you hit a good one sometimes you hit a bad one there's really i mean i can't really get invested in like the mental aspect of other people like oh man he's really having a meltdown like i just don't care um but what i did in the us open and what i did for the masters is i bet on it just to have a dog in the fight so now i'm like i bet on bubba watson for the Masters, I bet on Matt Wolf at the U.S. Open. Um, I bet on Bubba now. Like I've got a guy, so as long as he's in contention, I guess I'll care. I'll probably watch here and there, just like understand Augusta a little bit more now that I now that I golf. But it still isn't gonna be like I'm not gonna spend my weekend watching the Masters, although. Maybe I will because there's nothing going on. But, like, I'm still not like, oh, my God, it's Masters weekend. I'm not, like, stoked about it.
2: Yeah, where where do they rank that course as far as best courses? Do you know?
3: I, I don't. I mean, I'm sure it's considered very, very high. Um, and I, I think the the exclusivity of it makes it, like, a thing. And, obviously, the Masters being there. I think it's, like, for a golfer, it's definitely a bucket list thing to play where they play the Masters. As far as where it ranks, like from a course perspective, I have no idea.
2: Do you know how that became the elite tournament? Because I have no clue. Obviously, we could look it up and I will. I know
3: nothing. I know nothing.
2: Right? It's kind of random, in my opinion. Yeah.
3: Yeah. How, like, that became the elite tournament. I did have it on this morning, and it's the 84th. So, you know, that that means what, 1936 or something like that?
2: It's been around a minute but I would assume some of the other ones have been longer, like the British open.
3: Yeah. I'm assuming that that's why, like, I still feel like golf is kind of like a an old, an old game. Yeah. You know, like I got to imagine all the opens are like, like I was saying 84, like maybe that's kind of a youngish.
2: Sounds I don't like, know. Sounds like we have some, you know, once we get bored from watching it, we can actually just pull up Wikipedia and find out.
3: Yeah. But uh, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how much I care. Like I said, I invested in somebody, so go Bubba Watson. But uh, we'll see how long we'll see how long he takes me through the weekend.
2: I'm sure Tug will be in his tiger red.
3: Yeah, exactly. Tug's been in red with black pants for like two weeks now.
2: Well, we have we have some good news in the Cincinnati front as far as at least immediate news for the team, even though they're speaking probably won't- of red. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm doing here. Trevor Bauer, congrats. The first ever Cincinnati Reds Cy Young award winner shortened season. And he most likely will not be on the team next year, but still nice as a Reds fan to see uh, a guy on our squad win the Cy Young. And look, he got 27 of 30 votes. It seems like it was pretty much the consensus uh, to get that.
3: Yeah. And, uh, you know Bauer certainly entertaining guy had a great season um, you know it'll be awkward in the history books when we go back and we see that it, in Jacob deGrom's four Cy Young wins that there was like a break between where for the for the 60 game season where Trevor Bauer won it but i like i actually was rooting for Bauer a little bit more than I was even rooting for DeGrom to win it, because I think in the long run, that could potentially help a Bauer to the Mets signing, like, let's see, let's see who's really the best when you're getting the same run support, when you got the same lineup behind you, when you're facing the same other teams on the same weekends, back to back. Because the courting of Trevor Bauer has already begun for my Mets. And, uh, I put it on the rundown, like a lot of things happening really fast with the Mets new owner, Steve Cohen and, and Bauer, it seems like the courting of now Cy Young winner Trevor Bauer is a big part of that. So I'm happy for him. And I like what Bauer is trying to do for baseball. Like Bauer is trying to dare I say, make baseball great again like make baseball fun again.
2: Yeah, I think obviously he brings a whole dynamic, and I'm gonna be biased as a guy who, you know, it's a team he played for the last year and a half. But he makes it like he brings that swagger to the mound that you don't see much, especially from pitchers. And I mean, honestly, he
3: literally does the Conor McGregor, yeah, dance. So he he knows he knows he's being a showman it's important to him. He's, he's got this vlog thing. He does. He, he tried to get the wiffle ball game going in the, uh you know, in the, the COVID break. I like it. Um, the Mets new old, the Mets old GM slash new like base baseball operations guy, Sandy Alderson has already stoked him a little bit saying he's good for the game and he'd be perfect in New York. We love what, you know, we, he's exactly what baseball needs. So, like I said, the courting of Trevor Bauer to the Mets has already begun. And I'd, I'd love him. And, obviously, how could you not love a Cy Young winner on your team with another two-timer?
2: So, he's got on record saying he wants to keep doing one-year deals, which I don't see that playing out. Because the, the amount of money he's going to obviously command the most money of any free agent, Right.
3: Yeah, I would imagine on a per year, especially if he does a one-year deal. But I'd imagine he's just about the top free agent.
2: Well, he's free agent pitcher, I should yeah. say.
3: Yes, absolutely.
2: But my point is, why would he I, – again, I know he said that before last season. And, you know, the Reds already offered him like 19-point-something million, which he turned down uh, for one year. Why would he ever want to do that if he could take a huge lump sum – of what's probably going to be excess of a hundred million plus dollars.
3: I honestly, I don't know. I mean, I think the, I think the question, like, I don't don't want to say the question, but the thing that you can always say about these guys um, and the way they handle contracts and, and kind of demanding money is like, what are you doing with a hundred million versus 80 million? You know what I mean? Like, a certain point you're not becoming a billionaire so like i I get it everybody wants as much money as they could possibly get and i am not anti that but in terms of if he if he has trust in staying healthy which obviously is you know there's only so much trust faith you can have in that but like what are you doing with 40 million that you're not doing with 20, you know, like, well, I just,
2: this is where we disagree because uncle Sam off the bat is going to take 50%.
3: Okay. But uh, like, let's say I put a gun to your head right now. And I said, you're, you're going to get X amount of money, the, to take care of you for the rest of your life, to take care of your family for the rest of their lives, or whatever. I'm going to shoot you in the head if you, like, try to oversell. Like, what is the minimum amount that you could say, yeah, I. if, wow. if you gave me $13 million, i would be fine for eternity.
2: Joe, you just presented the most ridiculous scenario ever is, is if I overstate my money, you're going to shoot
3: me in the head. Yeah. So, like, what could you survive on forever? You and your family. Like, that, that's my point is there is everybody – you well, know, I, I, I don't except it's set for life with twenty million dollars, right? No, I
2: agree. I don't think it's just about money. I think it's about obviously situation. Trevor Bauer's been very adamant about that. I mean, he he was commentator, actually of of the Reds team, of the organization, of his pitching coach. He wants to play for a World Series contender. He's made that known.
3: But uh, my point is, we've we've like we've seen this in sport before. I mean, you remember Dion just bouncing around, championship to championship. Being the, being the missing piece. There was something that was cool about that, especially when Dion was kind of the first to do it. He shows up. He's your lockdown corner. He's your punt returner. He delivers you a championship. Um, Trevor Bauer can be that. And again, my point is like the risk is that you get hurt and that you don't end up making all of this money that you could, that you potentially left on the table,
2: but but, but it's guaranteed in, in mid League Baseball. That's, those are right MVP contracts.
3: Right, they are. My my point is, if you don't sign a long term contract, what you're risking is not
2: oh yeah, yeah. getting gotcha. a long
3: term deal, right? But the reward is the freedom to go wherever you want, the yeah. freedom to spend a year in Los Angeles, the freedom to spend a year in New York, the freedom to do whatever. And I get my again, if I'm trying to put myself in his shoes, it's like. That freedom is weighed with the risk of not making the money, but what is the difference between having fifty million dollars and a hundred million dollars? i like if you can if you can look at it that way,
2: I would say a lot.:
3: A different kind of plane, like a different
2: like but but again, we we, we differ in that regard. I, again, I think I think you're just instantly going to take half out, so you're basically you're, you're double you know you're talking about double the amount of income you make.
3: 25 million now you're left with Dude. my point is you there is there is a beauty of the freedom that, that you can't put a price on
2: okay fair enough by the way you bring up Dion. i was going through you know as i continued to, to clear out the house i found old baseball cards found i have a Dion sanders new york yankees rookie baseball card
3: oh yeah when he had the flow he oh. had the he, he had, had the, the, pure, he had this straight up Gary soul
2: Curry. glow. Oh yeah, straight out of Coming to
3: America. You feel like I remember that baseball card, and I, I feel like you could touch it and get wet. From yeah. his Hair. Do you remember was which
2: a, uh, which card it was? Do you remember which uh, brand? Let's see if you can remember.
3: Was it Tops? Good, good memory. It was Tops. Yeah. The yeah. Tops Future Stars.
2: No, it's, I don't, I don't think I forget. I don't think it said future stars on it, but yeah, I, I believe it's uh, tops. What? 88 or 89. I think 89. Yeah. He's got that. Oh, Dion. And now he's doing subway commercials.
3: Good for Dion, which are great by the way, his subway commercials, I think they're, I think they're, they're fine. Yeah. And good for Dion. I, I'm still waiting for who would have to do a commercial for me to ever eat subway again. Oh, so bad. I, I I think the commercial would have to be like Mike D'Antoni and Noah Syndergaard like are fighting over a sandwich. Like I, even that, I'm not trying sure to ever go into Subway again. So bad. Eli Manning comes in and like David Tyree helmet catches a foot long meatball or something like that. I mean,
2: I mean, l- let's not forget Subway's main spokesman was a pedophile. Like like the guy who was a spokesman for years. You don't yeah. recover from that. Yeah. Like, how do you recover from that?
3: Honestly, if their sandwiches were good, I don't give a fuck about Jared. <laughs> but, like, again, and sh- shout out to you. You sent me a Jersey Mike's gift card. I mean, between Jersey Mike's and uh, what's the other one? that I'm f- Jimmy John's. And there's a Blimpy here in yeah. town. Uh, like, I- Subway is so far down the list. So far. I'll, play- I'll go to the supermarket and get cold cuts and make a sandwich in my car. before I'll fucking go to Subway. Just using, you know, when you take the back of the, like, the back of the mayo package and use it to spread it on your bread. I'm throwing out excess bread.
2: I would argue the all-time worst Subway was the one right by me in Venice Beach. The now defunct one from about three or four years ago.
3: It was bad. Oh. But I have a feeling there's worse Subways out there. I don't know. Need
2: I repeat, I know I've said this before, I watched a homeless guy sitting at a chair with just one razor blade shaving his face at that yeah, subway.
3: That is pretty bad.
2: You can't really top that. <laughs> the only reason they stayed open was because of the mayor.
3: Oh, man, the mayor. I mean, talk about I mean, a suspect all, food choice. All his life advice that he, he dishes out, and the guy's eating like nitrate-filled <laughs> So didn't they do a thing that there's like yoga mat particles in Subway bread? Oh, like
2: oh for real?
3: Yeah, yeah. There's like I don't know how you make bread and there ends up like being rubber in it, but oh so I'd like bad. to do I'd like to do a future uh like study on like the rate of death for people who like spend a lot of time in their lives eating Subway. No, I got good cookies though. Sure. Otis Spunkmeyer <laughs>
2: Yeah. I mean, just, you know, get out of the sandwich game. Just go, go all in on the cookies. Yeah. Right. So you guys have, you've re-signed Marcus Stroman, correct?
3: Marcus Stroman has accepted his uh, like one year player option for $18 million, which is exciting for a couple of reasons. I'm not really even sure how I feel about Marcus Stroman. I think he's a fine pitcher. He's sort of uh, hit and miss. He he opted out last season, which I know upset a lot of Mets fans. Um, he he's very he's almost a little bit Bauer-esque with uh, not as much of the success, but but very brash, very bold. Yeah, was was good for a minute, but but what's exciting about the Stroman thing is Steve Cohen, the new owner of the Mets, who is now the richest owner in baseball by a long shot comes in, gets on Twitter, starts a Twitter account, starts tweeting Mets fans, tell me what you like, tell me what you need um, very brash uh does, has a press conference, says in his press conference that um he he goes this isn't about making money for me I do I have plenty of money and I make plenty of money and my I have a day job, which already is like awesome because the will were only about making money at the detriment of the team and fans and whatever. And he gives this great press conference about basically wanting to change culture, wanting to win a championship in three to five years. And immediately Marcus Stroman, who opted out last year, accepts his player option. And I just think that those two things together um, are a sign of what's to come. Steve Cohen's not going to give a shit about, you know, spending money. Um, and then, like, to him, it's like, if Stroman works out, great. If not, who gives a fuck? And, and never has there is there a sport. And, and forever I was opposed to, you know, the no salary cap in baseball. But I have 41 years of Mets torture. So now, fuck salary caps. Fuck all of you guys. I hope we sign everybody. I hope no other team ever wins another championship get ready if you think i was an annoying mets fan in 2015 just wait if we ever win a world championship i just think all this stuff together and we've seen it across many sports um new ownership can change everything yeah i mean look at what happened to, look at what happened to the dodgers and the dodgers immediately become one of the top spenders in baseball they're in the world series every year they win one they're like the the new york market's even bigger the the owners even richer. Um, Mets have waited even longer. Like I just think that Steve Cohen's going to go all in, and you're already seeing how this affects people. Strowman basically tweeted, he loved the press conference. It got him hyped to accept the offer, and he's back for one year. Noah Syndergaard tweets just literally a gif of somebody running through a brick wall. Now he's putting out videos today of him throwing shirtless bullpens, like shirtless Thor. Throwing bullpens is back. I mean, there's a lot of excitement. And it's all because, and you have dealt with this, you know, with bad ownership in your sports teams. It's, all, it's not just that the Mets got new, potentially great ownership, but there's never maybe been a bigger chasm between how bad an owner was and how potentially good a new owner is and how their philosophies are so different. I know that, like, I'm a Mets fan, but if we're not going to talk about this on Dirty Sports, who is going to talk about this? Because I I think that if you're a baseball fan, you are going to see something from the Mets that just shows you how new a new owner can come in and change absolutely everything. And it's happening day one.
2: I can feel your Mets boner, yeah, two thousand
3: miles away. Yeah, and and I mean, I mean, I'll be
2: honest. When you started talking about Thor doing shirtless bullpen sessions. I thought you were going to start masturbating live on air.
3: I mean, you should watch the video. It is pretty intoxicating. Yeah, yeah. He's just—he's like sweaty, throwing shirtless, and—and and here's the thing. Like I said, Sandy Alderson is already courting Bauer, Bauer, Stroman, Thor coming back healthy, Degrom obviously, uh, Peterson who pitched well for the Mets this year. Like, it could be, it could be like an incredibly awesome rotation with a whole bunch of different personalities. But the other thing is just, and and we go back to Bauer, it's almost like the Mets are going like, how do you not come here? Like we got the fucking money. You're not even going to be the best pitcher. Like we dare you to come be our best pitcher. We dare you.
2: Joe, this is my advice. If you really want to get Trevor Bauer on the New York Mets, Slide into his DMs and send him the link to millerlight.com forward slash dirty sports. That way Trevor Bauer will know exactly where to get the finest Pilsner
3: in the world. Trevor Bauer, if for some reason you're listening to the Dirty Sports podcast, all of your Miller Lights are on me if you sign with the New York Mets. All of them. And and I'm saying that because basically all of my Miller lights are on Miller light. So all of your Miller lights are on me via Miller light, Miller light, the greatest pilsner in the world, the greatest beer in the world. I'm just going to say it. I like a lot of different kinds of beers and I drink a lot of different kinds of beers, but I don't drink any beer more than I drink Miller light because it's just so refreshing, easy to drink, low carbs, low calories.
2: That's right, Joe. Miller Lite, great taste with only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs. However you and your friends are enjoying Miller time, you can have the original light beer delivered by going to MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports and find delivery options near you. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. So I was at Costco. The first time I went to a Costco in my area, which was in Erlanger, it's Northern Kentucky. And I was very pleased to see they had Miller Lite on the shelves at the Costco in Erlanger, Kentucky. And Joe, had I gone to MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports, I would have known ahead of time that that local Costco would be carrying the best
3: beer ever created. Andy, I'm gonna say, I feel like, you know, we've had Miller Lite as a sponsor for a bit now. And uh, I love our fans who show us support by showing Miller Lite support. But I do get a special, you know, almost cinder guard throwing a shirtless bullpen. Funny feeling in my lower region. Whenever a dirtball sends me or sends us. I was just going to read the tweet. Tweets. a bit Like a, a dirtball just sent us a thing with a big. Th- and I got to say, after you read this tweet, before you read this tweet, I need more of this. I yeah. need dirt balls, tweeting me, Instagramming, whatever. Are you getting Miller Lights for your masters watching this weekend? Are you getting Miller Lights to watch football? Are you celebrating Bauer to the greatest pitching rotation in history with a Miller Light? Send me your pics and videos.
2: Yeah, just tweet at us or Instagram at the Dirty Sports or at Fix Life or Joe Prano. Shout out to Ted Zach Miller
3: Light. Why not?
2: Yeah. Shout out to Zachary Skemhorn who tweeted went to bed twenty. Woke up 21. First thing I did was went to millerlight.com forward slash dirty sports and purchased my first legal beer, the world's greatest Pilsner. Shout out to Zach. Picture looks great. Beer looks great. And uh, perfect package. Best way to celebrate your birthday. Yeah. So the American league Cy Young winner, we've shamed Eber. So we have a, we have a clean Ohio sweep for the Cy Youngs. Yeah. Um, I think everybody saw this coming. He want, got every first-place vote, so everybody did see it coming. Uh, I saw a stat the Indians have had, I think, since CC Sabathia in 2007. They've had five Cy Young winners. Wow. wow. In that
3: short yeah. amount of time. That's great. Good for them. Yeah. They've
2: had a lot of good pitching, just no title to go with it.
3: Yeah. And it looks like – I hate to say it, but the Mets are – Sniffing around Francisco Lindor, we have all the monies. Give us your – come to me, every team's best player.
2: Yeah, you really have done a 180 on your salary cap situation with Major League Baseball.
3: Well, here's the thing. I I haven't. I actually still think that there should be a salary cap in baseball, but as far as the torture, the trauma, the – I mean – the the substance abuse that the Mets being in the number 1 market in the world while acting like a small market team while sharing that market with the Yankees who always overspend it's been it's been a very difficult fandom for me as a Mets fan and I'm sure other teams who are in small markets, but it's especially frustrating when you're in a big market and you don't spend the money. And in the long run, I think, you know, some sort of cap, soft cap, you know, whatever it may be would be beneficial for baseball. Um, Until they do that, fuck you. I have dealt with this my whole life. Now we have the richest owner in baseball, change the rules. But until you do, Give me all of your best players. Mike Trout, yeah. you can get out of this contract. Say you won't play. We'll double it. We'll double it. Well, you're just stealing
2: from the poor, the poor teams like the Cincinnati Reds who. Yeah, good. Who can't, give me a fucking. I can't up. afford Trevor Bauer, so cut kind of,
3: kind of, Our championship will be your championship. You guys will, Reds fans, give us Trevor Bauer. You're invited to the parade. Thanks. You're all invited to the parade. Everybody but Yankees fans are invited to the fucking parade.
2: The virtual parade, because there's no going to be no parades anytime soon.
3: Yeah. Oh, are there not parades? I know Shabelli was demanding a Dodgers parade, and I saw they were holding one at the stadium yesterday. Didn't you not see this? You see, there was there was thousands I saw the tweet. of there was thousands of cars at the at Dodger Stadium yesterday. Was that not for a Dodgers parade? It was for COVID testing, right? Oh, it was for COVID testing.
2: <laughs> Which, by the way, that there's so many. That's a whole other discussion. There's not more spots to get COVID testing in Los Angeles.
3: Supposedly, it's very, uh, I was reading a lot of the, yeah, I was reading a lot of the tweets and I, I know friends who have gone. Supposedly, it's just like, you know, an hour process, but like you go in your car, everything's prepped beforehand, you have a thing. And I guess that it looks so crazy because it's so efficient that people basically can just drive up and never leave their car, get it and get out. I mean, there's other places for it. I, I got one I bet it, recently. I bet it's it quicker really to
2: get COVID testing than actually get in to Dodger Stadium and park for a Dodgers game because that is it's a hell of a process.
3: It's certainly easier than getting out. Oh, my God. Getting out is a nightmare, too.
2: Absolutely. The worst. So let's let's pivot here to NBA. Quick story. There we go.
3: It's my pivot hand signals. Pivot. <laughs>
2: The Houston Rockets are kind of a debacle right now. It looks like Russell Westbrook wants to be traded, and also James Harden is concerned about the future. They have a new coach. Daryl Morey's gone as a GM.
3: Westbrook was only there one year. This is where my baseball attitude changes. Do not give me your best players. Please keep Russell Westbrook away from my Knicks. I do not want your players. Um, yeah, I think I know that, you know, I'm a Mike D'Antoni slipper, but you can't – it's it's pretty obvious to me that it was a very experimental lineup. Two point guards, two ball-heavy guys. Um, they, they seemingly happy when D'Antoni was there because he's Mr. – you know, fast pace. He's Mr. Guard Play. Um, only in a Mike D'Antoni offense is there enough shots for a Russell Westbrook and a James Harden. Um, and now he's gone, and like rightfully so. How could you want to stay there? How could you want to share the ball if you're those two guys, specifically with one another? Neither of them are pure shooting types, ball heavy, dribble heavy, ISO heavy guys. Um, Mike D'Antoni is a genius. He figured out a way, you know, he, he takes the players that he's given and he figures out a way how to use them to the best. Like we, we all criticize Mike D'Antoni for not getting it done, for not being in a Western conference finals, for not winning a championship, blah, 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 blah. But I think Russell Westbrook is smart enough to know what anybody with any basketball acumen knows, which is that lineup while a team that could kind of contend with Mike D'Antoni as a coach is they're a lottery team without him as their head coach. And so he should find a different place to play. And they should rebuild, you know, that offense around James Harden. Uh, They should surround James Harden with shooters.
2: More shooters?
3: I just think, I I think that you could balance it a little bit more. What was
2: wrong with their, you know, they already shot so many damn threes last year with all those guys.
3: I know, but I think, I think that they need to, they need to be a little bit more balanced. They're going to have to, they're going to have to get bigs inside. Um, But it's going to have to essentially be a more kind of modern. It's like it's old Dan Tony, instead of like future Dan Tony, we need, we need the D'Antoni style of ball that every NBA team is playing now. Couple bigs in the middle, an ISOing guard that is going to facilitate, and a bunch of shooters around him. Um, they went obviously super ISO heavy. I think you're going to have to dial back the ISO. Uh, James Harden's going to have to go back to being you know a league leading assist man again, and he can still be the the meat and potatoes of their offense. But I think they're just going to have to like come back down to earth and play more of like a reasonable lineups style of play. And they can do that by getting rid of Russell Westbrook and replacing him with, you know, a a pure shooter and a big and a draft pick. Where is a good fit for Russell Westbrook? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I just don't. I mean, I'm not a Russell Westbrook. I love Russell Westbrook as an athlete. I love his ability, but you know, it it's shades of mellow. It's like, where does that style fit these days? Where does go to the basket or, like, pull-up elbow jumper fit in the NBA where you need your point guard to facilitate, where you need a guy who can catch and shoot a three? I really don't know. I really don't know where he fits. Yeah. Who, like what? Like, what team – you know, it's 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 the Kyrie problem. What team has Kyrie made better? What team has Russell Westbrook made better? Look at how guys who have left playing with Russell Westbrook excel. Um, I feel like, sadly, for Russell Westbrook, um, uh, the best fit for him is a not great team that he can elevate by being the guy to, like, an eight seed.
2: Let me ask you this because I know I value this a lot and I've discussed it player efficiency rating is arguably the most accurate stat concerning the value of an NBA player. Correct? Sure. If you look at this again, obviously a lot of these games were in the bubble, but a lot weren't. If you look at the player efficiency rating for last season, Let's see let's see how close you can get. Where do you think Russell Westbrook is? What's Ranked. his number? Yeah.
3: 18. It's 29th.
2: Yeah. Which look, again, it's one stat. I'm not saying it means everything, but but the argument could be made like the value and it, this doesn't surprise me who's ahead of him at all. You know, it goes Giannis Harden's 2, is 3. Anthony Davis is four, Kawhi's five, Lillard's six.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, none of that is surprising at all. I, I I guess give me give me 25 through 29. That's, I think, more what's more important to judging Russell Westbrook.
2: Oh, yeah. I think that, that's a great point. So 25 through 29 is 25 is DeMar DeRozan, 26 is Paul George, 27, <laughs> 27 Chris Middleton, 28 Derek Rose, and 29 Russell Westbrook.
3: I mean, when you look at that, like talk about, uh, I think Chris Middleton's maybe the outlier of that group, but the rest of those guys, it's like, how has it gone building around DeMar DeRozan? How's it gone building around Paul George? How's it got like, the, it's almost like those guys are the type of people that we've, we've already known that that's not, that that's not your franchise guy. Yeah. And Chris Middleton hasn't even ever like people have smartly not attempted to make Chris Middleton their, their go-to guy. He's, he's I just a
2: great side piece. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I, I guess, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. You tell me where do what do you think for, let's forget the, who does Russell Westbrook help the most or what? I'm not sure that that team is out there that Russell Westbrook makes them a contender. Um, Who does Russell – like, what is the best fit for Russell Westbrook? Sadly, it's probably the Knicks because that's what the Knicks do is get a guy who's going to not make them any better at all but will draw people to the garden. But he's exactly what I don't want as a Knicks fan. Like, the Knicks need to figure out how to rebuild for real for once.
2: Well, look, since KD left OKC – and I know it's not easy, but Russ hasn't done too much as far as lead his team deep in the playoffs.
3: Right. He obviously won the MVP the first year. KD's gone. They, sure. I think they're an eight seed. But like, let's say a team like where is he a good fit? That it like, like Russ to Orlando? You know? Like I don't know. Yeah.
2: Like personally, as far as like team basketball. Again, he's a great player. He's a great athlete. I don't know if I'd want him on my team though. Right. It, it's one of those like you're saying. It's going to be flashy. There's going to be big numbers. Like but does to that the, equal win?
3: Rest to the Kings. Like, like I guess he just got to go somewhere where he is the star, and I guess they're a player away from being a low round, like a low seated playoff team, but then again that like it could potentially hurt long term development of a team that's trying to rebuild yeah i i I don't know to be honest rust to the magic it's let's do it
2: i mean (laughs) i don't hate that yeah you know it's it's like i said it's 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 not a guy that you want to build your team around. I know that sounds weird because he did win an MVP and he does put put up great numbers. Um, I don't know.
3: I mean, I think Kyrie's got a lot more of an ego mental mental problem. Um, But there's not a ton of stories about Russell Westbrook, lovable leader.
2: Sure. No, I, I, I totally agree. So, I'm thinking about doing something a little different this show. Okay. What if we do calls now in the middle of the show?
3: Let's fucking go.
2: And then we go to
3: the NFL. Football week, to
2: close. Week 10 picks, exactly, to close. How
3: many calls are about Steve Cohen and the Mets? Uh,
2: zero. God damn it. Zero calls about Steve Cohen and the Mets. You were literally the only one discussing this today.
3: Well, good. It, I'm glad that. Yeah. We're not the only ones. There's definitely baseball podcasts, baseball-only podcasts. who are discussing this today, but um, it's big baseball news. But well, Let's,
2: let's look, get to some calls. Let's go. Uh, before we do that, Joe, I want to remind all the dirt balls to download the Stakes app, S-T-A-K-E-S. Guys, it's a new app that takes game time to a new level. You can answer questions in the app about today's games, so like tonight, for example, Colts, Titans, and you can win real cash. It's totally free. And get this, Joe, I will be in the Stakes app tonight. So, Dirtballs, if you want to talk trash to me, if you want to compete against me, and I have played historically awful, because we all know that Ruther Curse has no limits, whether it's making predictions or answering questions on the Stakes app, it, I always fail. Come join me in the Stakes app tonight. In the Dirty Sports private group chat,
3: yeah. Get in the prep. That's, that's important for everybody who's listening. If you haven't done stakes, if you haven't signed up for stakes, download it. Now, uh, it's go in and then join the dirty sports group. And when you go in there during the game, will I'll probably be in there tonight for a little bit too, during the Thursday night game, you'll be able to go in there and everybody that's in the group chat, making the bets, having the chat, uh, will be dirt balls and they will you know, and I, yeah. and I, and, and, dirt balls, you know, yeah, announce yourselves, let us know who's in there. Cause I love seeing dirt balls in there. I love seeing names I recognize and seeing how guys strategize. Like I've, I've picked up on a, a certain style of betting strategy within the stakes at stakes app from certain dirt balls. I see guys who go big, like the whole time, just double down, double down, double down.
2: Yeah, exactly. So that'll be tonight. And then it'll also be this weekend. So make sure you're checking if you're listening to this episode past Thursday night. And a lot of you will make sure you hop in the stakes app, join the dirty sports, uh, private group chat during NFL Sunday. You can also answer some of these great questions, which are something called combos. And I will it's read like some parlay's. of parlays. Exactly. Which I'll, which I'll, I'll just read it like two real quick right now for tonight's Thursday night game. How about this one, Joe? Will there be a non-offensive score in the Colts-Titans game tonight?
3: Uh, yes. Okay.
2: How many rushing yards will Derrick Henry have this evening? 90 or less, 91 to 109 or 110 or more? Ooh. Or one,
3: 90, what was it? 91
2: to, 91 I'm going go to
3: go 91
2: 100. to 109. Okay. Gotcha. So guys, it's real easy. Just join our private Dirty Sports group chat after you download the Stakes app from the App Store. Just enter code Dirty. It's that easy. That way you can win money. It's free. You can compete against Joe and I, and talk trash to myself, Joe, all the other dirtballs.
3: Guys, it's it's fun. Get in there. You can Andy bets like Matty Goldberg bets. And I do. Like, you bet like Andy will be like Andy has won one coin. I'm like, who's what are you saving this coinage yeah, for? I'm terrible.
2: So stakes is currently only available on iPhones and iPad. Play for free. Once again, it's totally free. No credit card or purchase necessary. That's stakes S T A K E S in the App Store. Okay, Joe. Dirtball calls. Let's do it. What do we got here?
1: Dirtball, dirtball calls. What do we got here?
2: Let's see here. Oh, this is uh this is an interesting one. This is a throwback from uh our guy uh CT. This is what, uh, this is, this is, when did he leave this? It's, hopefully it still plays. Sorry. This, this is why I don't, this is why Hall I Hall of
3: be... Famer, Hall of Famer, Seattle, formerly of Seattle.
2: Yeah, this is why I should be better prepared. All right, here we go.
1: Fellas, CT, formerly from Seattle, lifelong Seattle Kraken fan. Just thinking, and I'd, and I'd like someone to do the research. Not me, of course. I don't want to do it. But with COVID shutting numerous sports bars down, and those sports bars constantly having sports networks on the TVs. Don't you think that would greatly affect the TV ratings for any of the major sports? When you're talking baseballs down, basketballs down, golf is down. Normally there'd be thousands and thousands of sports bars or even other general restaurants of establishments that would just have those TVs on that are closed due to the shutdown. I mean that can play a major part and I don't see anyone talking about that. I don't know, it's probably my most boring phone call of all time, but just something I thought I was thinking about that no one ever talks about. Go kooks, fuck the huskies, stay dirty.
2: I actually think it's a very interesting call, CT, and an interesting point.
3: Well, so <clears throat> there's the, the – I just don't know how they do the rating system. Nielsen Ratings is very antiquated. Yes. Um, it's a very antiquated system. It's a bunch of, you know, Midwestern people with some thing attached to their TV.
2: Hey, hey wh- wh- hold, hold, hold on a second. Can we – look, look, can we just tap the brakes a little – I uh, am I currently,
3: you're, 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 I am a you're Midwestern a resident. Hunt. I mean, has 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 an, has any elderly person come by and been like, hello, Mr. Ruther. We tried to get your father, Walt, involved in our program in the past. We're sorry to hear about his passing, but we're wondering if you could strap this device to your television so that we could monitor for Mr. Nielsen the rating. <laughs> a lot of people are saying that if you get woke you go broke so we would like to monitor that um the the rating system is very antiquated and it is basically something it's like polling honestly which we've seen how polling has gone lately where they try to take a small number of people monitor their things and spread that and, and then multiply that by how many people there are in the world to tell you how many people are watching. Now, sure, does it do an okay job of telling you ratings? Yeah, maybe. But um, from streaming to bar, this is something, the, the bar thing, this is something that people have been dealing with for a long time Um Pay-per-view has to take it into consideration. Direct TV, uh Sunday Ticket takes it into consideration, where they they will charge a different price for sports bars who are showing fights, who are showing, you know, all the football games, whatever. So it's definitely something that is factored in. I'm just not sure it's being considered in the the Nielsen ratings, which yeah. again are antiquated. So basically take all ratings. Um, numbers that you read with a grain of salt because again young people are streaming and and not just streaming because now they've caught on and they're monitoring streams but half the dirtballs i know watch their shit via like a illegal reddit link
2: yeah well i i think i think my family is a prime example right there's there's five boys out of us only one has cable right or direct tv so, just so like so
3: unheard of like 10 years ago.
2: That's what I'm saying. So, you know, you obviously you were joking about the Midwest, but think about that. Only one out of five has cable or direct TV. And
3: which one my, of the five?
2: Let's see if you can guess.
3: Brad. Yeah.
2: Spot on. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Did, didn't even, didn't even hesitate. Got it. Yeah. And my parents, you know, rest in peace, my parents, both of them. They got YouTube TV, like, two and a half years ago, three years ago. My point is, like –
3: So your parents don't have cable?
2: No. And, like, they were ahead of the – My point is, look look at – My dad was in his 70s and got YouTube TV. Yeah. So, you know, you're talking about young dirtballs. Like, this notion – They're hurting, obviously. We we see it in the news, and you see it in the headlines. Like –
3: bye forever. Good. Fuck cable companies and their goddamn monopolies.
2: You know, they're really hurting, so – uh although james
3: dolan suck a dick
2: although i might i know i hate to do it got a great offer from
3: spectrum <laughs> yeah, you, you're so you're so midwest you're getting duped in by 1-800 phone calls no no Eddie, was, mr it, Ruther, we've got a great offer for no, you no well, what, what, what just hear me out we're gonna package your home phone and you're like wow man i mean with no the no it's, it, it,
2: it's not that they basically offered they did they offered the internet and cable for what i pay solely for youtube tv right which doesn't include internet like but what where they get you is it's basically a one-year deal. Like you got to right. do yeah, that. Yeah,
3: exactly. Do you're that. Trevor for the- Bauer, you're Trevor Bauer all of a sudden. One-year deals from here on go. From here on forward. It's what you have to do.
1: Yeah.
2: So we have another call from uh, Seattle, Brano.
1: Love it.
0: Hey boys, it's Ryan up here in Washington State. I wanted to call about the Ruther or curse after listening to Thursday's episode and, and it recently striking Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think there needs to be a running Google document of some sorts that shows the documented Ruther curse incidences with episode timestamps. I think that would be a hilarious feature for the website and the curse truly is undefeated. And those of us that have listened long enough, surely can attest to that. Um, and I just think that somebody with more time than I (laughs) should go through and maybe compile that together. And and get that sent off to you guys because after hearing this latest one and with all the ones in the past, uh, this shit is insane. Anyway, let me know what you guys think. Stay dirty, boys.
2: Now this one was from a couple of weeks ago when the Dolphins decided to bench Fitzpatrick. Right after I basically gave Fitz my vouch of long, approval.
3: Yeah, long awaited. Like, Thumbs like, like
2: this one, was, to me, this one was an all timer.
3: Like, I mean, it really, it really was. You were literally a world war two, like, you know, soldier in, in a, in a bunker, just lobbing grenades fighting the Nazis trying to like take down. <laughs> like for, for years you were in a foxhole fighting Ryan Fitzpatrick. The air clears, you stood up, you waved the white flag and you were like, look, time for me to step out of this foxhole live live to fight another war i'm going to give ryan fitzpatrick his due and before the e was out and due, the dolphins like we've benched him
2: (laughs) i mean arguably top three all-time curse
3: yeah and there's been a lot of really great ones i agree i mean i i don't know what jesse stanga is up to these days but this like there's never been like put out the the stanga signal in the background here Put it up in the sky because we absolutely need like a running thread. I a Google Doc. Uh, I mean, where does it a, start, a Reddit though? a Reddit post
2: like like because to be honest, there's so many. Y- you you want to hear one? I, and I'm sure this isn't too difficult to find. What did I say about the election in the last couple of years?
3: Uh, no chance of Biden, right? I mean, you said that, or
2: I think I said no chance. Trump loses.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: After the first election, no chance he wins. Well,
3: Andy, you're right about that. There is no chance that I lose. We have one <laughs> if you count only alive people who voted for me. So it all depends on how you look at it. If you only count living humans who voted for Donald Trump, I win in a landslide, millions to zero.
2: Pretty sure I said multiple times, no way he loses.
3: I'm pretty Second sure time. you did too. Although I was on that train with you originally. I said, who votes for Biden that doesn't vote for Hillary? And that was after, that was before, you know, Trump called COVID a hoax and hundreds of thousands of Americans died. So that yeah. that that flipped the script on a little bit. Yeah. And all of those people voted for Biden, which is not fair. Not fair my
2: advice to anybody out there uh, on that is don't waste your time debating this stuff. Like, like, like that's the one thing I do love about my family is like, nobody cares. Like, like for the most part, like, like these people who are like trying to contest.
3: Yeah. That's, that's a real sign of just tough scene. I, I, I got to see. So there's a very famous, and, and Maddie's a big fan of it. There's a very famous uh, New York sports radio station, The Fan, WFAN, yeah, Of where course. obviously Mike and the Mad Dog were on. Yeah. Mike Fran- Francesco was on post Mad Dog and whatever. But the reason I never listened to The Fan was the delusion that would come through at, across sports. It would always be like, you know. Uh, you know, big Mets fan here. Just not sure why they don't trade Lenny Dykstra for Kate Griffey Jr. and Barry Bonds. Uh, I'll I'll hang up and listen to your call. I'll listen to your answer. And it was like, it, the the frustrating part is from the callers to the talking heads to the host. It was it was it's all this like New York sports delusion, and nothing has ever reminded me that, like, the post election. Sort of Fox News conservatives who are like, "Nope, it's true. Dead people, dead, dead people are voting for Biden. It's not fair." And you're like, "What are you guys talking about?"
2: Well, to, to be fair, it's like my tweet though. It, it's just like the other side bitched and said Russia interfered. So
1: sure,
2: you know, it's like my tweet last week, which of course a lot of people have. It's like you guys are both whiny bitches, both sides, yeah. and uh, just take your L, man.
3: Just yeah. take it. Because it's a big, fat one.
2: I mean, it's a big one.
3: It's a big, fat L. It's
2: a big, fat L. And, fact, the,
3: and the quicker you take it, the easier it is to move on.
2: Like, I've delayed way too long in wearing my L chain, which has not yeah. been good. And uh, I'm going to have to take that L soon. All right, let's do one more call. This is an NBA call, Prano.
1: Hey, what's up, Joe and Andy?
0: This is Tom, New England Dirt Ball calling. Uh, I was just curious to see what your guys' opinions are on the uh, discussions that have been going on for a while about the NBA, uh, trying to, like, expand their playoffs, uh, you know, from, like, uh, 18 to ten teams per conference, and, like, this, the whole playoff, the play-in tournament, which is just, like, the first four from March Madness. And, like, the first forward, March Madness, I think it's like a stupid idea because it's pointless. Like, what is the point of having two extra teams for conference in? Because the eight and seven seeds never win. They're going to lose. And it, I feel like it just devalues, like, the playoffs in general. Like, who cares, like, if you, you were the 10th seed and you, oh, but we made the playoffs. Well, congrats, you guys got swept by the first seed. Um, obviously, revenue is – the uh, reason, because playoffs equal more revenue, but I just think it's kind of stupid. I I don't know. I sound I seem I sound like an old man. I feel like uh, if anything, they should have less teams in the playoffs because I think four teams would be more interesting. Get rid maybe maybe have a five four play in, and um, you know just go from there. Obviously, it wouldn't happen because that's not that would cut their revenues. But I just want to see what your guys take on it.
3: Uh, i i i have to agree um i think i actually like the n b a playoffs i like uh i like eight teams on both sides, maybe it's too much, but we're down that road already i like the a very simple bracket scenario once it becomes like an eight team playoff i actually preferred in the past uh the five game playoff series in round one yeah um uh i thought that that did a that's did exactly what um, he's saying, which is it. Like so often, the eight seeds and the seven seeds don't compete. So in those series, they were either over with faster, or um, if a team can upset a higher seed, it's easier to do in less games. Um so I was a big fan of eight teams on either side first who, round is five
2: Real quick start to hop in who upset was there Sonics
3: the Nuggets upset the Sonics the Knicks uh went to the finals as an 8 seed sure. in, a, in a shortened season
2: But I'm trying to think did the Blazers upset a 1 seed as an 8 as well
3: or no I don't think so Okay I could be wrong Um the uh, the, the, the,
2: the 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 Warriors upset the Mavs one
3: eight. Yep, the Pelicans upset the Blazers in what was like a two seven, or three six a couple years ago. Um, but I I I don't I think I think the reason is yes the their reasoning is obviously more money, and their other reasoning is trying to incentivize less people tanking. But as far as like the lottery system goes, like the whole thing, they they've already adjusted the lottery to, you know, deincentivize tanking. I'm a fan of of the NBA playoffs as it is. I certainly don't think we need more teams, and if we added more teams, I think um I think buys and any of that stuff should, should be left for football. I don't need I don't think we should have any yeah. of that. So I, I I I tend to agree. I think you know, if anything an eight nine play in game the way they did it in the bubble this year is the closest I think that they should make to any adjustment, but for me it's look eight eight teams in a bracket seems right and I actually prefer going back to five games in the first round.
2: Yeah, I agree. Eight, eight's fine. You can't go down to four. Then, then you're I mean come on. You, yeah, you're, you're already at the conference sem- semifinals. Semifinals. Uh, Great calls, guys. If you want to leave any thoughts or questions, give the hotline a ring, 310-359-8365. All right, Joe, we are all ready to week 10 of the NFL season. Can you believe it?
3: I cannot, no.
2: We're already fast. here. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, as usual, our weekly picks are brought to you by our friends at Game Theory Picks, who provides Profitable sports betting advice at an affordable price. You can get weekly, monthly, and yearly subscriptions. And get this. Since sports have returned in July, Game Theory clients have profited for five straight months of $50 per play better is up to $1,900. I got
3: it. I got to give our friends at Game Theory picks some. I mean, I give them props as is, but I got to give them some extra props. They crush. College football. Crush. They, they crush college football. I'm not a big college football guy, um, but they they are dominating college football.
2: And I'll tell you what, we have a great new deal with them. So with six sports currently underway, including the Masters, Game Theory Picks is offering a limited one-time deal to all the dirtballs. Five weeks of plays for every sport for just $50. We're talking any sport college football the masters nfl soccer stuff i don't even know what they're called but soccer stuff we're just gonna call it that
3: soccer stuff
2: (laughs) go visit gametheorypicks.com and use promo code dirty to unlock this deal now once again that's gametheorypicks.com promo code dirty guys five weeks of plays on all sports for just 50 dollars
3: and I got to repeat because I know that there's a lot of college football, dirt balls out there. A lot of, a lot of dirt balls who bet college football. If you are betting college football, it's reckless not to be a game theory picks subscriber. Yeah. Totally agree. I'm I, I don't normally bet college football. And now I have been betting college football because game theory picks just keeps feeding me winners and, yeah. and I have nothing to do. So it's like, yeah, give me some. And now I now I'm invested.
2: All right, Joe, we got a good division game tonight in the AFC South. Colts at Titans. Spread is currently even.
3: And this spread has moved a lot. I don't know where you're getting this uh, line or how up-to-date it is, but
2: – I am it, getting it from ESPN.com.
3: It flipped. As far as Vegas goes, it flipped. I believe it started out as minus one and a half for the Titans. Is now the last I saw prior to this starting. Plus – One and a half. And I don't know why. I mean, we can, obviously, you and I can make the bet on the even line. But, like, let me ask you, Andy, what am I missing on this line flipping? Is somebody out because of COVID? That's all I ever hear. Yeah. Uh, Not that I know of. um, But I got to say, I think where the line opened with a Titans being favored, makes more sense to me, I think the Titans win this game.
2: This really isn't a question for me. Titans, I don't care what the line is. I'm going Titans. I think they're a better overall team. And I trust their quarterback more. Sorry, Philip Fudgen Rivers. Yeah. So, Titans all over think. Way I, think
3: I think this will be a um, good game, and I also think this will be an interesting game to, uh, to see where both of these teams are at. Yeah. If, if, if somebody does, you know, win this game handily, I know it's Thursday night, which crazy things happen, but uh, I think it'll really tell us like exactly if either of these teams can make any sort of playoff run.
2: Yeah, for sure. All right. Moving on to Sunday's games, the Texans travel to the Browns where the Browns are three point favorites.
3: Three seems uh, right um browns two and a half Bye. two and a half seems more right uh but I'll, i'm gonna take the browns anyway i'm gonna go with the browns as
2: well all right the washington football team travels to detroit where the lions are four and a half point favorites
3: talk about the who the fuck knows what's gonna happen in this uh, game line, i know and right? you know
2: what it, it, for like the thing about the lions is you can't trust them right That reason, four and a half is too much for me. I think the Lions win. I do not think they cover. I'm going to go with
3: Washington. I don't know if there's any truth to this whatsoever, but the Lions being like the Lions, like getting back on people's radar by looking sharp against like a bad team that they should beat seems like right to me. And then they like lose games that they absolutely shouldn't lose close into division like like i can i have the hardest time figuring out the lions forever but like them getting wins that they don't need or want at this point against like a terrible washington team i'm gonna take the lions
2: all right here's a big spread for you jags let's
3: let's, let's, can we talk one more second about the Lions? like the lions now the, you got the Packers, who are obviously the class of the NFC North. The Bears are fighting for a playoff spot. Minnesota started bad, but is, like, coming on. They're not going to make the playoffs, but I would say from, an, from a roster standpoint and a, like, future standpoint, probably have more things going for them than the Lions. What are you doing if you're the Lions? I mean,
2: Joe, we've been saying this for 30 years. I know, Bears. but I'm
3: saying, but, like, are the Lions trying to – Like, to me, it doesn't seem like the Lions are a rebuilding team.
2: Well, the Lions are in a bad position. Because it's like every year they win enough games not to get the highest pick.
3: That's what I'm saying.
2: Like a top five pick. Yeah. Like, Like they win enough games to, you know, be that middle of the pack. Or like 10 through 14 pick. It does nothing for you. Well, look, the Lions, like these teams that are family owned, it's been in the Ford family. Now, I know the daughter took over. and She's got a different last name, right? Because she married. But it's the same crap. You, you know, there, there should be a rule. I'm just going to say it. This is a crazy idea. And people aren't going to like it. But it, I'm just going to toss it out there. You know how there's term limits for the president and for the governor?
3: should be term limits for owners. There should. Yeah. Uh,
2: and look, I know... The free market people were going to come at me and I would consider myself more of like a la jase fair person when it comes to <laughs> economics.
3: Clearly took Spanish in high school. <laughs> la jase? What is that? Is that a... That, sounds like a fucking soccer player. How's it Ronaldo pronounced? to la jase. Back to Ronaldo. La jase with the header. How's it pronounced? Lase? La jase. Yeah, definitely.
2: My Spanish came in there. On a French word. My point is, look, I think we need some regulation here. I mean, it's true, though. Like, dude, look at the look at the two franchises. Look at the two who have not had a playoff win the longest in the NFL. The Lions and the Bengals have both been owned by the same family for how many years?
3: And we just talked about the Cowboys recently. We just talked about the Raiders. And like- we talked
2: about your Mets changing franchises. Or, I'm sorry, owners. I'm just saying there should be some sort of limit or if you haven't won a playoff game in so long, because I just said
3: it before. I, you know, I was, I was hard. I was big on the Eli Manning and the Phillip rivers, like get, get them out and get them to new places while they still have something left. To me, I've never, of all my quarterback things besides, you know, five years ago when I said Phillip rivers to the Vikings and Eli Manning to the Colts, when when uh, Andrew Luck retired, I've never been more sure of anything than the Cowboys should do everything they can to get Matt Stafford.
2: And he's from Texas anyway. He went to uh, high saying. school Kershaw. Yeah. Yeah. It's just It's embarrassing. All right. The Packers are 13-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Jags, Joe.
3: 13-and-a-half is a lot, but the Jags are bad. Yeah. Packers pack. are home I'm going oh, I'm going Packers 13 and a half man it's crazy in, in I'm gonna go with the Jags actually I think I think that I think it'll be I think 13 is too high I think the Packers win that game and they win it pretty easily I could see it back to recover though
2: yeah I'm still gonna stick with the pack all right the Eagles travel to you Giants the Eagles are 30, let's go Eagles are now currently three and a half point favorites according to these lines.
3: Uh, travel to my Giants, the way the Giants played them a couple weeks ago in Philly, the way the Giants defense is playing. uh, I mean, this is prime for a Giants letting me down and just kicking me in the dick when I get like a little bit of, you know, somewhat hope. But I got to say, the thing that makes me excited as a Giants fan, and it's maybe the only thing, is the defense coming together, the defense seemingly having a, like, a, a, a personality, uh, being active. I think the future of the Giants' defense is looking good. I think the Giants potentially win this game. I'm definitely taking them to cover.
2: Yeah. I'm going to sadly take your Giants to cover as well. It's probably going to come back and bite me in the ass, too. It's
3: probably going to come back and Ruth or curse ruin my life is what it's probably yeah. going to do. Just tell, just, just say that. Trevor Bauer siding with the Angels so that I can I can have one win.
2: No, no, not gonna do it. Uh, all right, the Bucks travel to Carolina. Should be a fun game. Bucks are five and a half point favorite. I don't. Why is it so big?
3: I, I feel like that's the right amount of big, but at the same time, it's like man, it's a big Carolina, back game? yeah. But Carolina has been. I, I'm going to take Carolina. I think it sounds like you are too. Yeah. Is this a potential? Is this a potential loss for the Bucks?
2: Yeah. I mean, Carolina's in every game. Like, yeah. like they they took Kansas City. I know it's one week, but every week there, they they went down to the a missed field goal. They can beat Kansas City in Kansas City last week. I.
1: By the
3: way, I know everybody was on the Bucks hype train a couple weeks ago, and maybe they come back and, and beat Carolina and get back everybody back on the hype train. But I was watching SportsCenter this morning. Tom Brady, 33%. Uh, he's completing 33% of his passes when under pressure. Second worst in the league. It's a good, good stat to know. That's a, a I don't know, a, a Joe Nug? Doesn't sound as good as Tug Nug no. or Rug Nug. I almost said jug nug, but it's like
2: Um Who's worse? Did they did they say?
3: I, I don't know, but whoever it is. I bet it's Baker Mayfield. It's bad. It's a bad spot to be.
2: So the NFL finally listened to me. Because if you look at this week's games, there's five at one o'clock and six at four four twenty-five.
3: Wow, that's maybe the first time ever there's been more later games than early games.
2: But, like, they basically made it even.
3: Yeah. But, are, but are, are those all just West Coast home games? No. They're not. Hit me. All
2: right, let's do it. We'll start off with Denver at Las Vegas.
3: Okay, West Coast home game. What's the spread? Yeah,
2: the Raiders. Five point, doll, or I'm sorry, five point favorites.
3: Five. I love the Raiders. I'm rooting for the Raiders. I'm taking the Broncos. I feel like these guys just play close games.
2: They do, but you know what? Just to be a contrarian, I'm gonna go the Raiders. And I love, and I absolutely love.
3: Get me in the black hole.
2: That John Gruden is a house away. Yeah. From Derek Hart, like that is to me still the funniest thing ever that they're getting the morning paper, even though nobody gets the morning paper anymore.
3: Yeah, like Gruden on? gets Gruden definitely gets the morning papers. still. Yeah, he definitely that. walks to the end of his like you know front path with his dogs Grinder and Spider to get his paper. <laughs> He definitely has, like, a grinder, a spider, a banana, and, like, a caliendo because he loves Frank's impression so much.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. I can totally see that. All right. Well, this game is not on the West Coast. The Chargers travel to Miami in the battle of rookie QBs. 2 versus Herbert.
3: Yeah.
2: The Dolphins are two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Chargers, who were also in, like, every game.
3: Yeah, I didn't know what to make of this game, but I'm going to go with, like, I, I don't know who to take, but I'm going to go with Miami because it's west to east. Hmm. But, like, the Chargers could easily win this game. I agree.
2: Is Tua going to start 3-0? O? Oh?
3: To a mania Yeah, probably. What's the Dolphins record right now? Dolphins are five and three. And uh, you, it's a two-and-a-half-point Dolphins favorite? Yeah, and
2: the Dolphins are six and two against the spread this year.
3: Yeah. I'm going to stick with Miami, although I really – To me, this is I'm, the letdown game. I'm going to go Chargers. Okay, I like it. I, I definitely like it.
2: All right. The Bills traveled to Arizona to face the
3: cards. This this is kind of like – this got Game of the Week vibes.
2: I agree. And this the spread opened – they're basically calling it even right now. But, again, there's different sites, at least the ESPN site. It opened at minus two Arizona.
3: This has dangerous betting vibes to me. I've, I've lost a lot on the Bills this week, although I won on them last week against your uh, – your Seahawks. Um, I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the cards to win at home.
2: I am too. I think it's a, it's a bounce back game for them after that tough loss. And I think it's a come back to earth game a little for Josh Allen. All right. The Seahawks travel to LA. They are one and a half point underdogs against the Rams who always, in my opinion, I feel like they dominate. They always play the Seahawks stuff, even when they were bad,
3: yeah, I don't know i I don't know what to make of this game because of the line. I'm gonna take the Seahawks though um the the idea I know it's it's a new empty stadium in Los Angeles, like I feel like if this is a Coliseum, I'd have a whole different thing if there was hundred there, but <clears throat> indoor. New stadium, I think I feel like your boy comes in and shows up after a bad game, although
2: that d line man
3: no doubt about it i mean we and, could be
2: and, we could be looking at a five six sack game
3: absolutely and i and i also i mean their defense the Seahawks defense isn't great, so mcVeigh should have i mean Joe you know, a game a strategy that's
2: understating it the yeah. Seahawks defense is historically the worst defense
3: ever yeah. Every, so, here, so here's my point. Every single thing tells me that the Rams, and that's why I'm taking the Seahawks.
2: I agree. I see Russ having another possible bad game. I see McVay exposing that terrible secondary. But I'm just going to go Seahawks just, just to do everything that doesn't seem to make sense. Yeah. All right. The Niners travel to New Orleans where the saints are nine and a half point
3: favorites saints win it's too high i'll take the niners
2: i'm gonna go new orleans and I'll,
3: look- I'll, I'll tell you what new orleans this new orleans certainly has an opportunity here to get themselves in in the running for nfc favorites i agree and they have to, and they have to, and they have to blow out the Niners yeah. to do that. I like. I need a, I need a fifteen to twenty point victory to jump back on any sort of New Orleans bandwagon. Who I believe I predicted to play in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs.
2: Well, this next game is another one that was moved late. The Bengals getting some good game coverage at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is seven-point favorites. Now, Big Ben is in the COVID-19 protocol, but I believe he's still playing, so I don't really fully get that.
3: But what Joey Backdoor, give me the Bengals and lots of points. I like a lot of points in this game. Give me the Bengals and the over.
2: Uh, am I going to have to pick the Bengals on this?
3: Seven seems low. I feel like it should be higher, but I feel like the backdoor works either way.
2: Yeah. Rookie QB against the Steelers D because the Steelers offense hasn't impressed me. It's been their defense.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
2: I'm going to go the other way. Steelers cover late.
3: And I don't think that the Bengals win this game, but I do love to look, I'll look at the value of this game for you, for you betters out there who want to like a fun money line pick. I don't know what the value is, but it's gotta be pretty high. The money
2: line is Bengals plus 225.
1: Oh, not high as I thought.
3: Forget it. Scrap that play. Yeah. I was going to say plus 275 and over. I was in.
2: All right. We got another bad Sunday night game. No, I guess maybe it won't be bad. I don't know. Patriots, Ravens, rematch of a blowout last year.
3: The one thing I don't like in terms of when we say bad – why? Why does it seem like every week some team in prime time was just in prime time? Like I think that's what the NFL has got to be better about. Like I agree. Seems like seems like every week I'm watching a, su- a a team on Sunday night and then I'm watching them on Monday night or vice versa or Thursday and then Monday. It's like
2: they do it all the time.
3: Mix up your prime times. Uh, normally, I would say. You know, you're like, oh, not a great game because the Patriots have been bad. They almost lose to the Jets. They didn't. Thank God. They saved my suicide, my confidence pool. I made some dough on that. Um, like normally, I would say, oh, this is kind of a great game. But I just watched the Patriots play in prime time. Now I'm now I'm less interested.
2: By the way, that game could not have been more of a fake tank or like a yeah. tank. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean that Flacco pass when you have the lead, like. Dude, that was one of those like did the coach just tell you to go deep?
3: Yeah. Kind of loved it.
2: Like two guys were wide open I know, I know. and they pointed that out the announcers.
3: Yeah. I kind of love it in terms of like the the fake tent. like Joe Flacco just going and sitting on the on the bench like just stoic in his perfectly perfectly manscaped beard just like what are you going to do, man? I got I got I got a little bit of a bonus for that one.
2: Yeah, like he's playing a a great game, and making some really nice throws, and then he he
3: just and then he heaves, hits and then he, he, he hits a defensive back in stride, like heaves it down the yeah. field. Although that's kind, of, I mean, it as far as Flacco's uh, like, Flacco's had a couple of those go his way. Yeah, I mean, he went to the Super Bowl throwing one into like to a defensive back, and then the defensive back like mid play like left the field
2: i mean they showed a stat on flacco during that game it was crazy the only four games in a row where flacco's had a hundred or better quarterback rating in his entire career
3: were the super bowl run which is wild yeah
2: because like a hundred's not like whether you believe in quarterback rating or not
3: it's it's changed lately for sure like quarterback having a higher quarterback rating is certainly easier these days but I saw a great stat. I saw a great stat. Speaking of quarterback ratings and the modern era and all this stuff, but did you see that? Um, I believe it's Aaron Rodgers is a few passes away from being, I think the sixth guy or seventh guy ever to throw, is it 400 TD passes, something like that? Yeah. Um, and yeah, 400 TD passes. The other guys, I think he's the seventh. Is it? He'll be the seventh. The other guys. I mean, the the interception comparison between Aaron Rodgers and every other I guy on that list.
2: It, there is no comparison.
3: It, it, Aaron Rodgers will have currently has eighty six interceptions. Like the next lowest was like Tom Brady at like one fifty six or something like that. And I saw Dork's trying to do like God. Well, it, I
2: doesn't, mean, it, it means it doesn't take as
3: many chances. It it look it's a completely different era and the way it's not about taking less chances. It's about the, it's about these offenses shifting to a way that you, you don't put a quarterback in a position to need to take a chance. Um, That being said, Aaron Rodgers ain't from the Aaron Rodgers is the bridge. Yeah. He started in 2008. This is the bridge from that era. Like people are doing that, Because of Aaron Rodgers. It's like, oh, you can play this way and and have gaudy passing numbers with low interceptions if you do it this style. It's absolutely like fascinating and impressive. And why Aaron Rodgers is a top five all time QB. It's like
2: that stat on Aaron Rodgers that the amount of touchdown passes he's thrown to first round picks.
3: Yeah. Is what, zero? It's like one or two. Yeah.
2: Which is crazy. Absolutely crazy. All right, what do you make of this New England-Baltimore game? The Pats are seven-point dogs at home. I think that's too big. I'm going to take the Patriots to cover.
3: Devil's lost to the Jets. I'm going with the Ravens.
2: Okay. All right, Monday night football, NFC North game. Excuse me. Vikings-Bears in Chicago. Two-and-a-half point Vikings favorite. Ooh.
3: It's right in the right area, right? What it's in Chicago? Yeah. I'm gonna take the Bears. I actually think I don't know. This is another one that's kind of saying Vikings to me. Like, I think the Vikings are the better team. I think the Vikings are coming on. I think the Bears are falling apart. Their offenses look bad bad. The Vikings are running the ball great. Like everything, but like the idea that there are two and a half point. Home dog. I'm gonna take the Bears. Yeah. Hmm. Got it off. And and it's not like they're a two and a half point home dog to a team that's definitely better than them. Sure. I think the Vikings are better than them right now. I'll take
2: the Vikings. All right, those are the week 10 picks. Should be a fun week.
3: Ten. A ten. I give it a ten.
2: Yeah. A nice, uh, like I said, a nice mix of of games that are scattered throughout instead of all top-heavy at the beginning. I love it. Guys, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TheDirtySports. You can follow me at Andy Ruther
3: At Fix Your Life on Twitter, at Joe Prano on Instagram. I'm getting back to doing live stand-up comedy, possibly. Do we have dirt balls in Alaska? I was there a couple – was there a couple of years ago, last, early last year for the Alaska Comedy Festival, I'll be back, I'll be headlining shows in Anchorage and Wasilla, which I believe is where Sarah Palin is from, you can see Russia from this stage. Um, So those will be the weekend of December 10th, 11th, 12th, uh, Coots in Anchorage. I'm not sure of the spot in Wasilla, but I don't think, I don't know or think or know if we have dirt balls in Alaska. Forget if any of you guys came out during the festival, but if you are, or if you do, or if you're so desperate for live comedy that you're willing to travel to Russia, uh, I'll be in Alaska.
2: Nice. And if you guys want to uh, watch me sit on a couch in a basement, watch football, you, you're not allowed. Sorry. You're just not allowed. That's, <laughs> that's not in the lease. And uh, we, we haven't agreed to that yet. So. Unless
3: of course you show up to wall street with Miller lights and then Andy will probably let you in support the brand.
2: Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll let you drink do drink
3: Miller light. Go Bubba Watson. Go you guys.
2: Have, yeah. Enjoy your weekend. Stay safe be merry. Don't listen to Christmas music. Don't do it. Do not listen to Christmas music yet.
3: It's too early. It's too soon. Too early. Listen to Alice's Restaurant until Thanksgiving.
2: Yeah, don't do it. All right, Dirtballs, much love to you guys. Have a great week. And as always, stay
3: dirty.